Welcome to the WMBF UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the WMBF UK podcast with me, Sarah Glanville, as your host. Today is a great day. We are here with undeniably the greatest natural female bodybuilder in the world right now. Domination is the only word to describe this ladies 2022 season. WMBF Women's Bodybuilding Pro Overall World Champion, DFAC Pro Overall World Champion and NPA British Champion all in 2022. Zoe Leeming Watts, hello and how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Good, I'm glad. Zoe, I don't even know what to say. 2022 was some year for you, congratulations. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Has it sunk in yet? Um, I don't think it sunk in till about Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah, when I had like people coming up to me in the gym, I'm like, you're that, you're that lady, ain't you, the world champion? <laughs> I think like when I was thinking about what we could cover in today's episode I honestly just have to hear your secrets um I know we've got so much to get through today and I know that boys and girls alike the number of people that are going to be tuning in to hear all your trade secrets on this one's going to be epic so I guess the only place for us to start really is for you to talk us through your epic 2022 season Zoe. Yes, yeah, so, well, the original plan was for me just to do one competition in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Obviously, when you're a DFAC pro, you don't have to do all the qualifiers or anything like that. You literally just do the one competition. Yeah. And in 2019, um, I'd already won my first pro show anyway. Yeah. So then I sort of, like, taken, like, two and a half years sort of, like, off-season before yeah. I started to prep for 2022. Um, but, yeah, that was my main focus. And so I normally start my prep in the January, but I started it a little bit later this time, yeah. um, which obviously worked. Yeah. So I didn't it until the May, um, and then sort of like got to about the June, July, and I was coming in really quick because when I start dieting, my body just reacts with it straight away. Yeah. Um, and the coach Rob of Waterhouse, he said, look, you know what, maybe you should just pick, um, well, at first, he said, pick a non-drug tested fed. He said to put me sort of like under a bit of yeah. pressure. He knows my condition that I come in. He said, you know, pick that. Um, and I did mention body power at NEC in Birmingham, but the two bros yeah. and that. And he was like, hmm, that you sort of like looking a bit too big there. You know, the, the girls and the women's yeah. physique is pretty massive. So yeah. it's like, you know, pick a different one. And I couldn't find anything. So the only thing that I could see was the MPA. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so I just sort of like tipped up. I'd only done like 10 weeks dieting. And then I won that. <laughs> Yeah. And then the British, and they're like, you're amazing. I was like, yeah, I've, I've only done 10 weeks. <laughs> and then <laughs> won their British, yeah. won their overall. But obviously, I'm an amateur in that. So the girls yeah. that are against me, it's, and I feel sorry for them in a way. So I will stick up for them because obviously, yeah. I left them on stage with a pro. Yeah. You know, which probably had like a good sort of couple of years of, of training. So, so yeah, won the overall. Um, and then um, it was funny enough I, I met Steph yeah. and she was like you know what maybe you should do the supernaturals as well and me being honest with different federations and stuff saying not too much I didn't know whether or not you know being clicky and stuff that you know yeah. the deep would get a bit funny with me competing with the WMBF but but no Vicky McCann was absolutely totally supportive of it you know yeah. and it 
if anything, I think the more competitions you do, it'll be better preparation for yeah. them when you go to sort of your main competition. Um, so, yes, I did the Supernaturals. And again, I wasn't really ready. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> like, on the page with, like, the body fit and all that. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, here we go. I was like, I've got no chance. It's like, you know, everyone's got a different sort of physique. So I was like, nah, not a chance. And then yeah. I won the other one and won my pro card. And I was like, that, at that point, that was amazing. It's just, yeah. I think, to get another pro card as well. And it, the WNBF is brilliant. The DFAC's brilliant. So to have yeah. two top, sort of, in my opinion, to have two pro cards in the two top natural federations in the world, yeah. really, it's it's amazing. It's sort of like, you know, and yeah. So then uh, I had two competitions, two world competitions to go to. Um so yeah, and it's luckily enough, because I've been in the army, I mean, I've been in the army, what, 19 years, yeah. and I'm in the PT Corps, for anybody that is listening yeah. that I know. Um, <laughs> yes, and like I pushed up my chain of commands to my boss and said, look, you know I'm going to the World Championships at the Cayman Islands, I've got to go to LA, is there any chance of a, of a bit of money? And, and then the army are quite supportive of it, you know, that oh, wow. everything, but yeah. apart from my flights, um, and then, um, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, I'm putting my, in fact, it's next week, actually, I'm putting my WMBF, which I don't want to really sort of let go, my WMBF sword. Yeah. Um, and my DFAC medal and trophy in uh, what we call the, the Army PT Corps Museum. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm putting in that in there next week because there's like a big sort of conference. Um, because yeah. I think, like, in my opinion, I've been trying to push it in the Army to get more people interested. Yeah. In when, when like, people go down there to all the shot, like, oh, yeah, you know, we really want to do that. Oh, that looks good. So when they go into the museum, and we're only going to gather dust in my, in my house anyway, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then when obviously I, touch words, I live till I'm 100, but when yeah. I pass away, like, you know, in years to years time, it's it's good to sort of people to look. And um, yeah. Yeah, I have a Facebook page for the Army guys and the, and the um, RAF as well for natural bodybuilding. We've got 60 members, so... You know, obviously, because we get drug tested in the army, we can't take anything and stuff. So it's good sort of like page to have to sort of get more army girls and army guys interested yeah. in bodybuilding. So, yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, you, you, you totally, I mean, the achievements that you've had, it's that's the right place for those trophies, Zoe. Yeah. Like, you totally <laughs> smashed it last year. And we're going to talk a little bit about the army and later on in our chat. And I really want to deep into deep dive into that. I never realized that they were so supportive of that. Yeah. To look after your flights and stuff. That's amazing. I love it. Absolutely love it. It's. I mean, don't get me wrong, and I will be honest. There's a few. There's a few sort of guys that I've come across in the army. They feel a little bit intimidated. No so wonder. <laughs> In the gym and that, they're like, and they just stare, and I just, and I hate it. And my missus like, she said, you're so rude in the gym sometimes. I'm like, I have to put my ear up, so they're just staring constantly. I'm like, um, but yeah, they just feel a little bit like sometimes a little bit rude. But then yeah. when they get to know me, like, because I'm so chilled out, I'm like, look, you know what? You want some tips and that? Just come just over and, <laughs> and I'll just like feast you. <laughs> love it. I love it um so I mean what an amazing season like and I, I love that you're like yeah I was kind of not even ready and I stepped on this stage and I and I won but it, you're you're right you've been a pro athlete now for a number of years and as you say coming into 
stepping onto amateur stages and other federations you are still a pro and you've and you're a yeah. pro in a, in a really highly respected natural federation with your defact pro status so it is you know you're coming up against people who are still chasing that and trying to get to that level so um yeah, yeah but you you absolutely blew us all away last year it was amazing Zoe um, yeah, so, so I've written sorry, I've written nine down actually so I wanted to mention Sam Quinn uh-huh Sam Quinn, because she came second to me in the WNBF. Yeah. And when she, I kept it quiet. And then I tipped up to the Supernaturals. I just want to say something now. Yeah. I mean, she looked at me and she was like, well, I won't swear, but you can see what I'm saying, yeah? And she looked at me and I was like, and you know what? If I hadn't competed, I think she was good enough to get it as yeah. well. But yeah, that's what I mean. It's I, I can see, like, how females were, like, a little bit probably, like, a bit crap about it because I'm thinking you know what she's an amateur and she's got that obviously that mass as well because yeah. a lot of you know it's but yeah but she's she's the one to want want to watch out for you well there you go no and and people a lot of people are knocking down the door do you know that always happens you've got people who are ready around the same time and obviously if, if you've someone like yourselves come in and and rightfully stood on any stage that you want to, to stand on and I love that Vicky's been supportive of you standing yeah. on the WNBF stage you know we love to compete and that's what we're here to do you know is, is to to compete and get the stage time so it's great that um Vicky was supportive of you coming along and, and trying at the WNBF and with NPA um but you know if Sam's knocking on the door she's just got to come back she'll get it next time <laughs> you've got your pro card now you're all you you can't compete with them anymore you're on the WNBF pro stage now too so it's awesome oh, yeah two females that you know what it, it, it it sort of, I've got them in the back of my head and I think, you know, one day they might be on stage with me yeah. and that's what I think pushes me to sort of think, you know what, they're not going to beat me. I'm just going to get bigger <laughs> and stronger. <laughs> You've got, even, you know, I think that's the thing, isn't it? When you're, when you are the, at the front runner, people are just chasing you behind you and that's what's got to keep you motivated, isn't it? Um, yeah. So you won your WNBF Pro Card at Supernaturals and you earned your invite to the World Stage in LA. Yeah. I guess I'm keen to understand because I know that you obviously went to the Caymans and stuff and you've went abroad previously and competed in world competitions before. Yeah. How did that WMBF experience compare to other federations that you have competed with both at home and abroad? Uh, with the WMBF? Yeah. yeah, I think I think it, it's, it depends. Like, it's, it's, what I've learned with, with bodybuilding, sometimes it depends on as well what year you compete. Yeah. So like some federations, you'll have loads of athletes competing and then that was obviously, you know, you'll have lots of competition. And then, like, so for example, in 2019, when I competed with the DFAC, I had like four or five girls' women's physique on stage. Yeah. For example. And then when I went to the DFAC in, in 2022, it was only me and one other. But yeah. then it was like, yeah, and I, you know, it's obviously I come first. But the girl, because there was no pros, there was like me and an amateur. So, yeah. Probably unfair to her, really. Um, but yeah, with the WNBF this year, uh, it put me on my toes more than the yeah. DFAC because one, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I did do a bit of digging, and my partner, my wife, she's all over it because she's yes. like, you tell her to do some stalking, she will find out who I'm competing against. Like, I don't know how yeah. she and she's gone, this is the person that you need to watch out for. So, how do you find out that? <laughs> you know, like 
she find out a few girls that I was competing against with WNBF. So there's like, you know, and the girl that comes second to me, I'm not too sure what her name is. I think she's at least 60 as well. Yeah. Um, she'd, she'd obviously been undefeated. Yeah, she was so fantastic. Yeah. And I was like, I looked at pictures of her and I was like thinking, you know what? For a six-year-old woman, she's shredded. Yeah. But then psychologically, I was thinking, well, I've got a bit more size on her. Right? I need to come in uber, uber shredded for this competition. Yeah. So... I think with the WMBF, I, I felt like I had more competition. And yeah. I didn't know which way it was going to go. Because like I said, with this woman, she was yeah. undefeated. And the thing is, um, she had beaten a woman who I think is, I don't know if she's a WMBF pro, a vet Arthur. Uh-huh. No, yeah. yeah. She, she beat me when I was an amateur. I see. And I was like thinking, if I've conferred to a vet, then this woman that's beat a vet, there's no way I'm going to beat yeah. her. So I was like thinking, and then when obviously they got the call out, and, and she was looking me up and down in the changing room as well, saying about my glutes and my hamstrings. And yeah. then I conferred to that. I was like thinking, you know what? Oh, it, it put me on my toes. But when I won it, I, I couldn't believe it that I actually won. Yeah. I, because I thought just me and her left. Um, but yeah, with the WNBF, I think um, there's a lot more, a lot more categories as well with the WNBF. So I think it's more suited to, um, it gives more options. So if you're suited, if you're in between, say, a women's physique and, I don't know, I'm just giving an example of figure, you can more yeah. suit fit body, which, you know, the DFAC don't have. So yeah. it, I think it's better to have a lot more categories because yeah. you might do it to something else. So um, and obviously there was a lot, there was a lot more competitors. So yeah, it did put me on my toes a bit. And you know, with both federations that I've competed with as well, even going back to the MPA with Michael Phillips, I mean he's awesome. Yeah. Every federation that I've competed with has made you feel welcome. Um, and it was an awesome atmosphere. And after you know, it was brilliant. You know, you know, once you've competed and stuff and that, you know, even backstage and stuff, it's just brilliant sort of to sort of make it enjoyable out there rather than thinking. You know, because you've all gone through the pretty much the same yeah. process. It's, you know, and everyone's gone through the same process. Yeah. Unless, unless you're, like, unlucky and you're starving and you're not as on yeah. as much food as me and actually enjoy <laughs> my prep. That's what some yeah. that's what the thing is. That's what you get. You get some people that have, like, had a really bad prep yeah. and then don't enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Starving. Um, whereas I've not gone one day when I'm hungry so I'm very I'm very very lucky, very lucky. Yeah. yeah I mean seeing you on stage at World Zoe like I, I was I think if I wasn't screaming as loud as I was for you I'd be speechless because you were honestly shredded like your conditioning your striated glutes you're just phenomenal um and I think you honestly gave probably most of the pro men a bit of a run for their money on condition um oh, get on stage with some of the pro men <laughs> yeah I think I think you would you would challenge a few people up there with your conditioning Um, and I mean just as a female athlete it's a lot harder to achieve that level of conditioning and so I I think that I'd love for you to talk to me and I'm sure our listeners would agree about how you've been able to achieve that I'm going to say superhuman level of conditioning because I think that's the right word to describe it so do you want to talk talk to us about about that and and not to be hungry as well I'm interested how you manage this yeah I think the first of all, obviously, when I started to compete, mm. in, it wasn't until 2016, so really, I haven't, like, competed that long. 
yeah. if you look at it yeah. sort of over the years. But then when I was, I started weight, I mean, going back now, I started weight training around about, I reckon about 2015. And it's yeah. when I got deployed to Afghanistan. And we had no gym out there or anything like that. And being PT core, you know, yeah. they had all the equipment in this ISO container. I was like, why don't we just make a gym? So then I made a gym for the guys out there. Yeah. Which, which, which was brilliant. Because I didn't really have a lot to do out there anyway. Yeah. And then that's when I sort of got into weight training and stuff. And I just do like all over body workouts and, you know, throw a bit of CV in there and that. And then when I got back from Afghanistan, I mean, I looked pretty ripped as well. Because yeah. when, when I was out there for nine months, I weren't drinking any alcohol or anything. So I was just eating normal. Because I do yeah. eat like, I'm one of them type of girls that I've probably got a high metabolism. You know, I come from a family where, you know, I eat pie, chips and mash and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, very big meals. My mum used to do yeah. when, when she was alive. So for me to, like, say, to diet, my body just reacted. It's like, well, what are you going, I'm not having that pie, chips anymore, you know. Well, what's all yeah. this sweet diet, chicken and broccoli sort of thing? <laughs> yeah. So I started, obviously, right training. And then it was, yeah. uh, I got back. And then there was a, a woman in Wales when I was training out there. She was like, you know what? in a gym I think K2 gym it was in Bridgend and she's like you've got quite a good physique she said you know what maybe you should think about competing now she said to me my physique was that good that as in non-natural I was like look can't take crap yeah. straight away that it's you know I'm, I'm in the army is there any sort of like natural feds and then she pointed me in the right direction to a girl called Amy Lloyd and and then point towards the BMBF and then I did my first competition in 2000 and yeah 2017 yeah and um, in that process as well um I found a guy a coach called Nick Openshaw who took me through a bit of posing he gave me a bit of a diet plan yeah. um and I was I mean no disrespect he's a really good guy lovely guy yeah. but I was hardly on any carbs so yeah it was my, my, I was going through the motions with my training and I was like and then when it got to my first qualifier my condition I just looked I look like, you know, when you get the men's health magazine, but a women's version, just like soft looking, but a bit tight. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. And then he even said to me, he said, so, you know, because I come second in my qualifier in yeah. Birmingham. Then. And he's like, oh, yeah, your condition looks all right, but you look soft, so what you've been doing? And I'm like, well, I've just been following your plan, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you told me. You know, I'm like, my breakfast two eggs sort of thing. And, you know, I need yeah. my car and you know it's and even backstage you know all the girls all the bigger girls were drinking white wine and that probably would have smoothed me over so I was like no, but what does this make you tighter they're like yeah I was like drinking white wine yeah probably looked like, honestly and you look back at the pictures and I looked so soft I mean my upper body was great but I didn't really sort of try my legs then yeah yeah so my, I would say my legs let's catch up with my upper body um got to the British to the BMBF um I pretty much um <laughs> if he's listening he's gonna laugh so I pretty much like ignored him so I, I, I did it on my own <laughs> got to British I'm just gonna go to the British just tip up you yeah. know what happens happens I'm on about 1,400 calories and then conferred that's when I conferred to a vet Arthur yeah right when I didn't have a clue about anything again I'm just doing all all over body workouts yeah really perfect. Uh, but conferred and then got a ticket to the um the world finals yeah and I was like hang on I was thinking maybe I ain't done too bad 
<laughs> maybe I'm all right, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, um, and got to the world, and then I competed against a really, really good athlete. She don't compete anymore. Um, Sue, Sue and Amy's, and she, yeah. she had um, Sue King. She had a few sort of seasons under her, her belt, and she's amazing. And she's in the police as well, proper hench. Yeah. And I, but like, because I'm so competitive, I think you've got a bag here. Nah, yeah. nah, she's like got condition, and that's yeah. the thing I looked. And, and it's good that each federation, whatever federation, it's important to get your feedback. Because Vicky McCann said to me, she said, So, you know, you've got the physique, but it's just your condition weren't there. Yeah. And I, felt, I was like, Well, surely it should be. I'm on like really little food. Yeah. And Rob, who was Rob Waterhouse, who's competing yeah. at the world, and he's gone, You know what, Zoe? You need a coach. So, yeah, but I've already done that. Said, no, no, no. He said, We'll, we'll, I'll learn about you yeah. and how you, you, your body reacts to certain food and stuff like that. So that's what I did. So between the, yeah, between the November and then I decided to do a back-to-back season. Yeah. So between 2017, I took like three or four months off and then started yeah. to sort of go around about April. But it was sort of like, did me like a flexi diet just to see how yeah. my body did. And it worked out that actually I do need carbs. So, but, it ended up like when it went into my season for 2018, I was like shed loads. And it worked out that macro wise, I was on the same amount of food as an 86 kilo guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, this is mental, Zoe. What, what, are, you, what are you doing in the yeah. gym? Like, well, the more food you're giving me, Rob, the harder I'm going to train, the longer I'm going to train. Yeah. This is brilliant. So, yeah, so, um, you know, I was on, on average, I mean, like, I'd rather say what I'm on than macro-wise, because some people yeah. don't know what macros are and that. So on average a day, I was on about 800 gram of a potato split between the meals. Yeah. And then I was on about 100, I was on 120 gram of oats in the morning, which is yeah. quite a lot with yeah. whey protein and that. And then I was on the same before I went to bed. And then like, I'd be like dropping lighter in the morning, like so just all these carbs and that. So I was on about two, five dieting at first. I was on about two, eight. 2008 yeah. when I was dieting yeah. and I was all the time and yeah. then what happened was I did a month and then he was like Zoe and you, people won't believe this it's like you, you're coming in too quick with this you're gonna have to have a cheat meal I was like nah I can't do that and me being military head if someone tells me to yeah. do something I won't go off plan I will yep. stick no 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 I, I can't do that I won't come in condition I'll put on weight it's gone yep. Zoe listen to me <laughs> day you're going to go for a cheat meal, not drink alcohol, whatever you want. He said, they prefer to me to keep it clean, like a Wagamama's or a, yeah. a or something. But um, Kate and Mrs. was like, nah, you can't do that. Just go for burger and chips. I was like, oof, don't know. And then <laughs> I did it. So I was having like burger and chips every like once a week. And then yeah. and Rob was saying to me like a couple of uh, weeks in again, he's like, you're going to have to have another cheat meal. So I was like, what are you on about? He's like, yeah, I'm one on a Wednesday as well. I thought, oh, I said, oh, no, I don't, I don't like this. And, but yeah, cut long story short, it ended up the more food I was getting. And yeah. cheap, who has cheap meals on prep? No one does. So it ended up like I was dropping, 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 dropping. Yeah. And then it's not until like around about, it was four weeks out before um, my, my first qualifier of 2018. Yeah. Like, right, we'll put it all out now, put more carbs in. And then I just, in that four weeks, it's immense of my body, how it 
just changes. Yeah. And then, yeah, I come first in my qualifier, then first in Britain. Yeah. First in the world. This is only my second season. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? And then that yeah. moment, was just like, right, you need to sort of like take at least at least a year off before you compete as a pro. Um, yeah. 2019 in the first pro show. Um, and then, yeah, then I was like, you know what? If I want to go back in 2022, because you don't know who's going to tip up at a pro show. Yeah. Everyone's in different off seasons and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I wanted my body to get back to normal as well, because I think doing two years back to back seasons as a female, it's important. Yeah. Like, obviously, your body, your cycles, periods, and all that yeah. stuff. You know you're low, so you need to get that back up again and your body fat and stuff. So so yeah, so it's I took two and a half years off season. Um and it's the only time when I was like, just let my body do it. Yeah. Fitting into my clothes, get fluffy. And actually I didn't go that big. I only went up yeah. to about on stage I was about fifty-six kilos and I went yeah. on only went up to about sixty-four, which yeah quite leanish in my off season. Yeah. Um but I think that's why I think because my output, my training, I still stay yeah. fairly leanish, and I think that was my my secret. But um, I don't do no cardio. <laughs> I don't do no fancy cardio. So if Rob's listening to this, my coach, he's got thirty minutes fancy cardio in the morning. So if he's listening, he'll be like, "Oi, why don't you do it?" I don't because my my military job. I'm like always on my feet. Yeah. Um, and if I am on a PT session with kit on my back and stuff like that, that's steps really. So yeah. um, I have got a desk job because I'm a man, uh, equivalent of like a manager in a gym, yeah. but I've got CV terms. So, um, but yeah, I just I think I spend my time in the gym and because it's a long session and people don't agree with the way I train. Um, it's it's just burning off all them calories. I mean, my leg session. When I put a fit on, it's burnt off like a thousand calories. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, I'll spend about. Yeah, I was going to ask how long do you spend in the gym? <laughs> You're not going to agree with it. People don't listen. <laughs> um, it's so, it's four hours. Wow, that's a lot. The yeah, thing is, right? Hours. I think with, I think with like what you've said, like about your eating and your training, like, it works for you and it's been sustainable for you and for you isn't going to work for the next person but or you know it's working for you clearly so yeah yeah, you're feeling it you're eating enough food to sustain it and give you the energy to do the session so it's awesome people are like what are you doing for four yeah what are you doing for four hours so if you take my rest on Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably around about and the plates, taking the plates off, all yeah, that. Yeah. It. So it's around about 30, 30 minutes. So I'm training for about three and a half hours. But the thing is, like, for example, I mean, this is legs. Yeah. So in legs, I will hit every single machine. But then on one leg day, because I do legs twice a week, one at the beginning, yeah. one at the end. So my first leg will be like quad dominant. So yeah. I'll like do, so if, if I do squat, as in back and front squat in yeah. one leg session. I'll leave my hack to my next one. Yeah. But then it's like all the other machines, I will hit every single machine that's in that gym. Double. Okay. Just, yeah. You know what I mean? And then when I'm training back, I'll do two big sessions of back. So they're my big sessions, leg and back. 
So I'll have, uh, for example, I'll have deadlift. Now I can spend a good with my recipe. 45, I mean, like today, I did 45 to 50 minutes just on deadlift. Yeah. Just like the time I've got the rest. And then it's like, so that'll be that one for the main one. And then I'll hit all sort of like upper and that. And then for the next one, I'll do like rap pulls. Yeah. I take my time. So do rap pulls and I might throw a few um, straight leg Romanians in there. Yeah. So then you see how much, so really I've got a lot of volume on yeah. my hamstrings because I'm doing it on, if you feel, think about it, deadlift Romanians. And then I'm doing hamstring dominant on a leg session. Yeah. So really I'm hitting my hamstrings and my glutes three times in one week. Yeah. On a rotation. like. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's how, but like I said, it's, um, I put the fuel in as well. You do. Um, your, your body's capacity for recovery is incredible. Like that's, that's amazing that you're spending, you know, that long. It's like, what's it, what's your split? Are you training five times? Um, so I'll go. So I'll go push pull legs yeah. and then I would have a day off, but my day off would just be arms. And then I go, <laughs> go push pull legs. So it's, but then if I need that day off, I will take it. Yeah. So like if I'm feeling tired, um, like especially when I'm on prep, I'll take it. But now I'm in my office, like yesterday I had arms. It was like, well, just, just did, I mean I don't spend four hours on arms because I'll be just like <laughs> but I like did an hour and a half yeah. just as a sort of like yeah I'm going to the gym I've got an hour and a half to do I'm just gonna do some arms do some steps and that's the only CB I do on that yeah. and then that's it then um but yeah I think I mean if you read if some people read Arnold's books yeah, yeah how sort of he trained and I thought people think that I'm mental especially like some of the guys from the gym owners like freaking I was just still in here yeah but then if you look at the way Arnold trained he was training like six hours a day like he would sneak into gyms on an evening because he didn't <laughs> feel like he got that much out of the first yeah. session but yeah it was only training like three hours in the morning three hours in the evening no CV or whatever but yeah Arnold just seems like a legend but it's like I said everyone like trains differently and but the thing is I'd rather go all out in one big session and not have to to wake up and do fasted cardio yeah. I'm just yeah. seems like I'm going for the motions and just one big session uh I think even um Jack Jack Forbel is that how you pronounce his name Thorburn that's it yeah he, he trains longer than me yeah I'm actually chatting I'm actually chatting to him next so we'll chat to him about the length of the Yeah, I think he trains for like five hours, but then he just he does cardio in the morning. He does like half full cardio, but so he's like doing even more than me. Yeah, and he's one guy as well. Again, his condition's great. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So um, I'm not telling everybody to train for that amount of time to get the condition, but I think my advice is is that find your weakness which mine was my legs because it just had to catch up with my upper body yeah. and I do my splits I just do the bro split but yeah. I hit my legs twice and hit my back twice yeah so so yeah. I, like so coming out of your you, when you decided you were going to take a longer off season than you ever had before like ended up being two and a half years yeah. was that the plan because you kind of looking at your physique and assessing where you are even though you were you won your you won the overall at the world what, what was the chat was that you planning to bring up your legs in that off season um 
my, the thing is, in 2019, my legs, my front of my legs, were, were good. And yeah. I didn't have shredded glutes. I mean, my, you can see my hamstrings coming through. I've always had good calves. So I follow my dad. My dad's got massive calves. Yeah. Genetically, I'm probably a genetic freak. And my dad's quite a hench bloke. Yeah. So there's some parts of my body that probably genetically I'm just following my dad for. But yeah. when you look at, if, you, if anybody looks at me Instagram and looks at the 2019 some of the pictures you can just see that my upper body still needs to catch up with yeah. my lower body but then Rob was telling me my, my coach he said you know you need to build more on your quads as well so yeah he, 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 you know he's really good so he'll be like right send me a video of how you're doing a leg press for example and then yeah. he'll be like you know what Zoe you've got your feet in the wrong place you're working more of your abductors more than anything you're not working your quads and you're not working your hamstrings sort of thing so um so yes so that's what I think definitely in my upper body I mean my rear double bicep has always been a good shot yeah um but yeah so my rear double bicep I knew that my hamstrings and my glutes needed to come through more so I needed to yeah. more on them and then I think my, my shoulders as well because I've always suffered with a yeah. shoulder injury yeah so like compensate but yeah so um I think my shoulders and my lats because it's really difficult for a, a female natural athlete to build upon the lats unless yeah. you get really, really big um so yes yeah, so I knew that my lats spread which is probably one of my weakest poses I need to make sure that I build upon my lats build upon my shoulders yeah sort of that sort of like the taper and even yeah. my, abs, my abs were okay but but now I always do like four sets of abs after every workout because I know that my abs had to come out more and it showed in 2022 if you look at the difference so yeah. um but yeah I think it's getting your coach's advice to yeah. say right what do I need to work on um and yeah I think like I knew that just one year wasn't going to do that um it being natural yeah absolutely and I think yeah. that it's, it's amazing like coming away from you know, you before even 2022, like coming away from your 2019 season, you you've never like rested on your laurels and thought, you know what, this is great. I am, you know, world champion. I, you you've always strove for more, and you've always come back and hit the gym and had a plan and knew what you were working on. What's the plan now? Have you what are you working on now? <laughs> yeah, um, well, I was um, so yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's difficult because I need to make sure because um, my my wife Katie yeah. she's everybody's bodybuilder's dream if that makes sense so yeah. she understands yeah everything you know and everything that I'm putting into my prep and off season and stuff so it's making sure as well that she's okay with it at yeah. the right time so in my head at the moment I've had a lot of time to think about it because I might I've done 20 years next January now yeah. the army said they're very supportive with it so I need to sort of compete while I've still got time left in the army because not everybody can get away from work. I don't know what yeah. life's going to be like when I get out of the army. So if I go into a yeah. job, and then to release me to go to the world championships and stuff. So I've got to be really box clever about one, getting time off work, which the army supports. So I need to do it while yeah. I'm still in the army. Um, and two, with my partner as well, making sure it's the right time with everything that sort of fits with her. But as long as I give her a good season this year yeah I want to do more holidays than it's always yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, my aim is to um I want to try and get to 70 kilos 
Yeah. Whether I or not, I do not know. Yeah. It, it, above that, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so it's putting another stone onto what I'm used to. So that's my first goal to, to do that by December this year. Yeah. Um, that's my first goal. And then my second goal is if I do compete next year, um, and that will only be decided by probably my coach uh, as well as my, my wife. <laughs> so say, look, you know what? Real boss. <laughs> enough mass. Yeah. Because I really want to compete in a non-drug tested fed as a natty. Yeah. Um, and I might have to put a set of heels on. Yeah, you may. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I just want to sort of push my physique. Yeah. While I've still got that because obviously I'm 41 and I think like when you get to a certain age, you go for the menopause and stuff like that. And I haven't hit that yet. And that's when obviously testosterone decreases, your muscle mass decreases and stuff like that. And you do as you get older. So while I'm in a good place, I want to compete as an, uh, in a non-drug tested fed, yeah. whatever that may be. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously still compete with the WMBF yeah. and DFAC as well at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be quite a lot on the body, I think in that year because yeah back-to-back competitions and stuff and that because it does and you get tired I mean you know it's yeah you do competition you go for a peak week I would take you a couple of weeks to sort yourself even the the adrenaline after the show just coming down from it yeah and then it's like you know you have a bit of rest and then you go back into another one and and stuff and that so um but yeah that that's that's my aim I'd like to do it next year yeah well I mean do it if I've built enough yeah size on and and the reason why I do say 70 kilos is because yeah. I follow a lot of females on Instagram um that um obviously are taking um steroids and whatever else they're taking yeah very, very good athletes um and that's what they're sitting at roughly on average in their off season yeah but they um they're all in heels so they might do like body fitness or whatever they're yeah. doing is in a non-tested fed um so yeah but then to compete against them i need to make sure that i'm size so yeah um, and they've probably got more more years under their belt as well than what i have so um, yeah i suppose it's a it's stepping onto a completely different playing field isn't it to to step onto the the non-tested side of the sport but it sounds like you have a good plan i mean i guess i'm really interested actually talking about trying to push to 70 kilos and you said you weren't hungry even in your leanest at prep um, and when your food was lost in prep so how do you find pushing food in off season like to, to have that goal of 70 kilos I imagine your food's pretty high yeah yeah I mean if I was to I, I don't um I'm probably one of the only bodybuilders that doesn't keep an actual sort of like I don't track it yeah I don't really I know what I'm putting in my body but then if I need to track it I will do yeah. so like one of the guys in my local gym said to me he said there's no way you eat that I thought I'll tell you what I'll do an Instagram post and I'll do a tracker for you so then because he thought he was on more more food than me so when I tracked it I mean this was on a Saturday so on a Saturday I do eat like maybe like a pizza yeah my last meal but um so I do got off plan with that sort of thing but but yeah so I tracked it it was like 4,500 calories wow but then when you put a Domino's pizza and an ice cream. Yeah. Five hundred straight away. Yeah. So if you're getting your cleanish meals and like you know your rice and your oats and stuff like that, you know my protein bars are like really high calories as well. So you know they're just short of like three fifty. 
So yeah. that are the sort of cookie ones that are a lot yeah. massive. So, um, but yeah, um, th- that's what I do. So it's like, it's to get that in, I find that quite easy. Yeah. The only thing I find difficult is when I've stepped off stage, say for the WMBF. Yeah. Um, so that was my final competition. And it was like, I was trying to straight away eat that 4,000 calories yeah. that I normally would eat in my off season. And I just felt bloated all the time. Yeah. And, was, and I was getting annoyed with myself because I want to get back to normality. But you've got yeah. to think, you know, I was only eight and a half stone just short of on stage. And, you know, now I'm sitting yeah. at, you know, 10 and a half. Did, did, you, feel, did you feel that you had a high appetite when you go in? Do you feel that you have a high appetite when you go into off season? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I've got a high appetite when I'm in and out of my off season. Yeah. So I think I think it's important that the reason why I'm on such high amount of food in my off season is, and the reason why I push it so much, and this is important because I think, and as a female athlete, a lot of females still like to stay lean. Yeah, and like probably restrict the food a bit so they can still still fit into their jeans. I mean, I've got two wardrobes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm having to probably go. A couple of weeks time to get another set of jeans you know because i can't put my calves yeah my- <laughs> um, every boy who's listened to this is just like oh i wish i had that problem that my calves were so big that they couldn't fit in their jeans I'm a bit serious honestly like, i went to primark to get you know the slim fit ones yeah. i had to go off the thighs right and it's a nightmare because i'll, I'll squeeze my, my calves into them and they're really tight around my calves because my calves are pretty, probably bigger than my quads pull them up and then the massive on the waist so then my missus takes a miss mickey at me because like, yeah. my waist is so quite small and then i've really got a big bump so it's like it's weird but but yeah so anyway my food stays really high my yeah. season, so i have a good season yeah if my food weren't high in my off season then it means that, no no and there was um name no names when i was in when i was went to cayman islands and I was prepping all my food and stuff. And like I said, in my in my season, I'm on about two thousand four hundred calories. Yeah, dropping from all that like away from like four thousand on average. Yeah, yeah. two thousand four to two thousand seven, depending on if I'm on a high day or whatever. Um, and the majority of that's carbohydrates. So when I'm putting all these potatoes, when I'm in this accommodation, and one of the girls that's a figure girl, she's like, "Is that all your food?" So. Yeah, why? Well, like, I'm pretty much on the same as the guys. Like, yeah. not fine. Yeah. Um, and she's gone, and she, on, on no word of lie, she was on like 800 calories. It's it's mental, isn't it? Eight, I was like, where's yours? It's, and when I looked at it, she was like, I've prepped it. And I was like, what is that? Is that one meal? Is that two meals or something? And she was like, no, no, that's my whole day worth of food. And I was thinking, uh, but then I asked her the question, and it's it's not a coach's fault. I said to her, I said, in your offices, I mean, she's she's new, she's new into the scene anyway. Yeah. When 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 you're not prepping, how much food are you roughly on? Just tell me. You know, about one thousand four hundred calories. I said, there you go. Yeah. Like I I think it's it's crazy, and I think that I spoke to quite a few girls through competing last year as well, and the the food's that low. And yeah. my my food, I think I, I I used to think I used to eat quite a lot on prep, but you have blown my mind. Um, but yeah, like my prep last year, I think the lowest that I went was like 
1800 maybe 1700 and I'm like a small bit that's good yeah and because I was like you like before I started prep I literally drove my food up as high as I could because I I knew you you want to start high and then end up maybe you end up having to go low yeah yeah. but it's it's when you start low and you just have to go lower and lower and lower it's it's terrible and it's it all I think I agree with you there as well when you say you speak to a few people and quite often they're obviously directed by their coach and their coach is just having to take food out if, to, to bring the weight down um and they're usually quite new to the industry new to competing I think what you've said throughout this conversation is you know yourself really well and you know your yeah. body really well and you're very in tune with what you need and what works for you and yeah you you're like when I eat more I actually just output more I have more effort and intention to give whereas I think people as they go through a prep and the food gets lower and the energy is lower they just give less and the only way to continue to lose is to take more food out right so you end up on not very much it's um it's yeah it's not the best to be honest and I always think this sport's about longevity it's about finding a sustainable way to continue to compete and when you're on 800 calories and you're miserable you're not inclined to come back the next the next year and do it again no no and it's I mean she come she comes second in the world so she did too too bad but then when she was doing her posing and stuff and I was doing some posing with her I was like you know what I mean figures different because obviously they're a lot softer than the women's physique but I was like you know what you could do so much with your physique if you were on more food in the output in your training because the only thing she was doing was 30 minutes CV, 30 minutes weights. That was it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, but he, and like that's four times a week, whatever she could get it in. And I was like, you know what? And it, it's not her coach's fault. It's because she's been on such little before. Yeah. And herself, I was like, you know what? What you need to do is if you, you take my advice, is go away for like one or two years, have a good off season, just bump your food up even if it's like 1,800 calories that's your goal speak to your coach or even 2,000 you know because you'll find that you'll just get bigger and stronger and then when it comes to your prepping next time and you want to aim say your profiles you know she really wants a profile or something yeah means on such little food in the output training will bring in your condition I think that's important the only way you're going to bring in your condition is if you're on the the right amount of food but again it's your coach needs to have the coach, your coach needs to know you yes I mean even me as a pro I still have a coach to keep me on track and yeah. he obviously he doesn't know that I didn't do any CV so he knows that but <laughs> but he knows me he knows that right Zoe needs this amount of carbs because her output of retraining is so so oh, high yeah see and you know, and in the more, like I said, the more food you give me, the more is dropping. Yeah. And it, it, but at the same time, it's don't get all wrapped up about the scales as well. That's that's a really good yeah. point. So there's times when I've got on the scales and I'll be like thinking about my stage weight, my last year's stage weight or the season before, whatever, and I've not moved. But actually, the, the photos that I've sent into my coach is like, you know what, so you're coming in. So my body fat was just dropping, dropping, dropping. And then actually the scales were staying the same. So that's yeah. that really good point sort of get across to people that don't get wrapped up about scales actually in still yeah absolutely um I, I think it's funny like I, this is the first time I've went into like a structured off season I'll say last year was my 
first season and I was looking at like my where I wanted my off season weight to sit and stuff and I've exceeded that now and I'm I've actually exceeded the the weight that I was pre-prep my composition is just so different but it's what you've said it's coming in and, and training with intensity and training with intention and putting the food to use and putting it into your sessions and yeah like my weight you know if you get caught on the scale weight and worried about what the scales are saying you mm-hmm. lose sight of what's in front of you in the mirror and at the end of the day no one's weighing you on stage no one's weighing you really and you're off season apart from you from an accountability standpoint or whatever it is that you're looking to get from the the scales but yeah if, if what you're seeing in the mirror or in your checking pictures is is positive that's the thing to focus on yeah 100 percent, 100 and even reverse so even in your off season so yeah. as time's gone on you can see that i've got bigger each yeah. year. but the thing is because i stay quite lean actually so this year i know naturally i'm going to be heavier in my off season yeah. because you put on that muscle mass so each year your off season you're going to get heavier but you might still look as lean yeah so don't, oh my god I'm gonna get I'm I'm heavier on the scales I'm, I'm I'm too big or whatever well actually no you put more muscle mass on so actually you're still quite lean yeah so it's like reverse yeah like, really when you're sort of thinking in your off days and you're thinking actually getting fat and you're not you just put more muscle mass on yeah for sure um yeah. the the other thing I was really interested in speaking about and we've spoke about it quite a few times throughout the the conversation was understanding obviously you you're working for the uh, British Army you're a serving member of the British Army which is fantastic and I guess my my sort of perception always would have been that that would have added a level of complexity to your bodybuilding but I guess you're the best person to tell us what that's actually like how do the two work together I was in like my day job and my bodybuilding yeah well I don't (laughs) think a lot of the army guys would actually believe it because I probably think that does she actually work She's training for four hours in the gym. Yeah. She's training in a work time. Now, yeah. with the job that I've got, because I'm my own boss yeah. and I manage my own diary, I could, like, maybe split up my sessions. So I could do probably, like, two hours, like, in the daytime if I wanted to. Yeah. But I think, and then maybe work a little bit later. And I think because of COVID as well, um, like, the military um, have, like, give everybody, like, laptops and stuff. So I can do a yeah. lot of work from home out yeah. of work hours to catch yeah. up sort of thing but um with with work with work and stuff and that I never ever train in my work time um I never train in an army gym because I'll get disturbed so that's yeah. two because the last thing I want is to train in an army gym I mean I do if if I'm like you know if something's happened or whatever yeah like I can't get to the gym or something um but if I train in my own gym all I get asked is staff like obviously the staff sergeant staff yeah. can I have some blue roll please oh how do you do that exercise oh what you what you I'm like thinking you know what headphones are in people think I'm quite rude when I'm trying but I'm, I'm not into my training yeah like, everyone's like blocked out I'm in there do it work. but yes I don't train my work time so um I either train like I'll get up at five do it then but if I don't get the four hours in all everything I might split it and then pull it to an evening um yeah. but yeah the army's quite good because like I don't get on a Monday I get a 10 o'clock start so I get all my training in the morning yeah. on a Monday Tuesday I train on an evening so some my, 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 my job is really busy Wednesday yeah. you get sports afternoon so we finish at like 12 o'clock on a Wednesday people are loving this now yeah. so yeah the afternoon is like my legs say for example yeah. legs Wednesday and then 
Thursday, I'll train on an evening. And then Friday, we finish at 12. So then again, all the afternoon to train. And then Saturday, Sunday, it's like normally Thursday's my day off. Yeah. So then Saturday, Sunday, I always train every weekend because I get up super early. I'm quite lucky because my wife doesn't get up till about 10 o'clock. So by the time I've done my training and that, she's just getting out of bed. It yeah. works out nicely. But, but yeah, with my work and stuff and that, it's it fits in because all I'm doing is equivalent to a PT out on Civilian Street. All the PTs and like sort of like mid morning ish, sometimes in the afternoons or whatever. So it, yeah. it fits in quite well. Um, but yeah, I'm never training work time and it's yeah. never a good unless I'm getting deployed, which yeah. I think things that are going on in the world at the moment there's no need for say PT court to get deployed and the last yeah. time I was deployed say Afghanistan was, was 2014 so I haven't deployed for quite a while yeah um, so yeah I mean it fits in I mean you do get I've, I've coached some infantry guys before yeah where they'll always be on exercise and stuff and that and they've struggled with their prep because when they're out on exercise, they've got like ration army ration packs and yeah. stuff, and, that. and then yeah. they're not eating the ration packs because they don't want to put it into them. And then they're just living off rice cakes and stuff, and they're looking really flat when they come back. Yeah, so they're not being able to train for a week. Yeah. So I've been very lucky with my job that I'm not getting sent away. So, but then I'm very box clever about it. If I know I'm getting sent away, I wouldn't think right. I'm going to compete this year. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it depends on what what job you've got, which to fit in with your lifestyle sort of thing um but yeah it's I'm very lucky with my job like I said what is it to fit in so yeah and they sound super supportive of it as well which is incredible yeah. too um not not everyone has that you know that's no, no they love it I think they, they're more so I mean I had a good point with them as well because the army um going on slight supplements and stuff so we get like drug testing on average like once every 12 weeks yeah sort of like depending on what regiment you're at and you, yeah. you know the more cdt team to test you they might just tip up tomorrow you don't know when they're going to yeah. tip up so the army followed the, the um informed sports yeah but actually i had a good point with my boss to say you know what what i'm actually doing is like it is proper rigid like even some of the stuff that you can take on the informed sports you can't take with the wadder yeah so the wadder is actually more strict yeah so when you're doing your bodybuilding I said to him, I said, like, you know, yeah, you have to, like, be really strict for, like, a good 10 months at least. Yeah. I said, plus, I think I've done, like, cross-country, I've done triathlon, I've done so many sports in the army where, actually, I think bodybuilding's harder than any of them because yeah. the amount of prep you've got to do for this one competition. Yeah. So um, I think that's why they they look up to it as well because of what yeah. I'm doing naturally um, as well as, like, how long it takes me to prep for a competition. Yeah. And I can imagine you, you mentioned like the military mindset earlier about, you know, you get told this is the plan and you're going to stick to the plan. I can imagine that's an asset in a prep, um, unless you're like you and you, you need to have multiple cheat meals. But, you know, for the, I can imagine that's an asset. Yeah, I think Rob says to me, he said, um, I'm probably one of the easiest athletes for him yeah. to coach because he hasn't got to worry about me. So then when he's not contacting me, it's because he hasn't. He knows I can do it on my own. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Rob. I need, I need to know if I can have a few extra carbs. You need to tell me because yeah. if you don't tell me, then I'm not going to put it in my mouth. Yeah. And, and it was a good point because um, I think it was in 2019, and it was on my peak week, and I was starving. I don't know why. I just had an off day, 
and I was really, really hungry. And I'd ate all my food by like six o'clock, all my meals. I didn't wait, just ate them all. Yeah. Right. So I text Rob and I said, Look, mate, I'm on my last day of my peak week. I'm obviously getting my carb refeed tomorrow. Yeah. I'm really, really hungry. Can I just have something like some eggs or something? Yeah. Um, he didn't get back to me, did he? Right. So then I'm texting him and he's still not getting back. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Katie said to me, She's gone, So we just have two eggs. Yeah. She's not going to touch the sides. Don't worry about it. It's like, mm, I don't know. That could be <laughs> not my condition. Like, <laughs> So you know what? It to about ten o'clock. It's like soddy. I'm cooking two eggs. So yeah. then I cooked two eggs, and then believe it or not, I got on the scale. I started to worry about it. Then got on the scales the next day. I was like, nah. Look, I was actually lighter. I dropped like point yeah. five of a kilo. And then Rob got back to me with my carb refeed and that. But before we even said that, it's done. Why didn't you just have some carbs? Though? He said, you know what to do? And I was like, yeah, but Rob, you know what I'm like? There's like that army. Yeah. Thing. I'm yeah. like, yeah, you can't. I was like, and I had two eggs. And I was like, I felt really guilty. And he was laughing. <laughs> like, you know what, so He said, you know what I would have given you? I said, what? He's gone, I'll give you a whole lot of carbs. I'll give you about 100 gram of food before you went to yeah. bed. And then all these lots. Yeah, I'm on a peak week. And <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah. Well, you would have dropped anyway. Don't worry about it. And I was like, God, so but again, you don't you don't have to worry about scales. I was already yeah. in condition by that time anyway. Yeah. So um, but yeah, it's the army that's that does it. It's I'm so rigid with it that my diet don't ever. I mean, that's the only time I went off plan by having them two eggs. Oh my yeah, goodness, anyway, how dare you? <laughs> two eggs. <laughs> about yeah. 120 calories. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I think um, that's for a lot of people. The adherence is the hard part, and listening to your your ability just to switch it on and be able to drive forward and stick to the plan is something that they would probably aspire to. And I love that your challenge actually is the opposite: is like being a little bit more kind to yourself. I suppose if you if you need to take a step back, you can. But um, I mean, your, your condition speaks for yourself for for itself, and I think that. Yeah, a lot of that is down to the fact that you just do stick to the plan. There's just never a deviation from the plan. Yeah, that's that's a top tip. If you're ever hungry and you can get through to your coach, yeah, <laughs> you just speak to him. Because like Rob said to me, he said he's had clients when he was like speaking about me having yeah. them to eat. He said he's had clients that have pretty much raided the whole cupboard. Yeah, like I think like a whole loaf of bread and that. So like, yeah, really? done. Yeah, he said they've gone absolutely mental. So so he said, you know, he said having two eggs don't worry about it but he said like you know it's obviously it's his fault for not contacting me I think he was traveling or something so that's the reason why but um but yeah it's if you're ever hungry just you know just because obviously coaches depending on what coach you have you've got a lot of clients where they might have like five or six clients doing like a peak week so it's like to get in contact with all them it's probably quite difficult as a coach as well sort of get back in contact with that person on time sort of like make sure that they are getting food in before before whatever yeah. so um but yeah definitely if you ever feel hungry don't don't go just, just speak to your coach yeah go speak to them I think communication is key isn't it and I think that yeah. it should never be to the point that you know you're you feel like you need to go right to the cupboard like if you're getting that urge you have to speak to them and say look I'm 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 really hungry um mm-hmm. but yeah it does happen I think that it's 
that's maybe happens when you don't feel that you can speak to someone and say that you need a little bit extra support or can I have an extra couple of eggs please (laughs) yeah Um, I learned my lesson from that yeah you did I'm sure you did so we're fast approaching the the first show of the WMBF UK uh, calendar this year the 2023 first timers and novice championships so what advice do you have for first time athletes prepping for this first show let me just double check that right there (laughs) yeah so well first thing is 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 get a good coach I think do your research as well like because the last thing you want is to get a coach that hasn't got a clue and if you don't like that coach be honest with them like I just went off and didn't contact so I think just getting that coach who knows you like I know Rob knows me I will not go to anybody different you know if I worked with another coach they might know me but I think it's just do your research definitely get a coach don't do it on your own like I did at the beginning as well because you know you find that a coach can just keep you on track yeah now, Rob doesn't do my training I do my own training plan because it's mental so he just just he just does my food so but then he knows me with my food so yeah. it's definitely get somebody that's maybe achieved something as well like Rob obviously he's achieved a lot in his bodybuilding career yeah. you know, he's been competing since the age I think like 17 or something so it's just getting somebody that's maybe even if they haven't got the pro card it doesn't matter if they haven't got the yeah. pro card somebody that's been on the scene for a while yeah that does posing classes that knows what he's doing you know because like again Rob does posing and stuff but one-to-one and that do you know yeah. straight away that coach knows what he's on about yeah um because again posing's a big thing so yeah so getting a coach that sort of um is well educated yeah you might have to pay so you sort of think well I'm saving money on prep anyway because you're not going out so I'm going to yeah. put that money into a decent coach and then obviously if they don't do it get somebody that's really good at posing yeah uh, I mean one that I haven't been to is with Steph I've never done a posing session with Steph yeah. or McCann you know I've never you know they're two women that because I always had my posing from either um Darren Loxton or, or Rob Waterhouse so yeah. I've always gone to a guy so it's sort of getting sort of different both male and female depending on male or, yeah. or female athlete doesn't matter because you find that a, maybe a female posing coach actually work better with the male athlete because yeah. they make more of a flow rather than a yeah <laughs> do you see what I mean very like you know yeah. so that you know it's getting somebody to make your poses flow better yeah. and not so like really sort of like tense and strain and like you look like really awful holding that yeah. pose not being more relaxed with your posing yeah um because that's one thing that one of my competition one of my first competitions and it's pretty much carried on all the way up until I was a pro was posing 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 yeah. even I, I mentioned to Steph again I was like how was my posing they won't care about anything else won't care didn't care about my, my hamstrings and my glutes I yeah. absolutely like shredded I was like I was worried about my posing yeah. Like, yeah but you d- definitely still need work so even double pro it's just those sort of like I mean front lat spread I just really find it difficult to get into so yeah, yeah. posing um again we've uh, as WMBF got like um a supplement so where you can check your supplements before you take them have they got like a um, I don't I don't think that they have that on the website but I think that they did have the directions to the WADA website yeah the WMBF UK website and you can check it all there 
yeah, I think that's the other thing is with like um, supplements. I know the uh, the BMBF they have a page, so you yeah you, before you buy it, you'll take a snapshot and you'll you'll pull it on there because there has been situations where um, you know when you go into local gyms and then you take yeah. um, a scoop of pre workout and then before yeah. you know it's you think you can get it off them well actually it's okay when sometimes there's ingredients in there that you shouldn't be taking and then it's only like probably one scoop but yeah it's you know that could come upon a drug test so it's, it's getting you sort of look don't just go out and buy anything yeah making sure that it's checked or or even text them a lot step like if, if it's done yeah. you know what's there double check is this okay yep um just sort of make sure that you can take it um what else to put on there um oh yeah and the only final one is is obviously with your weaknesses so like mine was my legs yeah um, i use different gyms to bring them on yeah so like it's a going to sort of you know it's might go up and down sort of like country or you know like travel like i'm, I'm living in um Thetford at the moment but I know that 50 minutes down the road I've got um, a gym called Heroes in Kingsley yeah. and their, their machines for legs are yeah. amazing so it's like just travelling a little bit further it's just sort of like well one it's different scenery sort of like keeps your mind in it and focusing yeah. sort of set but it's it's if you've got a weakness and you need to get to other gyms just to vary up a little bit I mean at one point in my prep I had three gym memberships yeah it's yeah. I'm not planning everybody to do that, but it's I knew that one gym was really good for legs and one gym was really yeah. good for back. And then I just used my army gym if I needed it. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's just using different variation. Yeah, gym to sort of bring yourself out a bit more. That's it, really. And that's all I, I wrote down. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's really helpful. I'm sure people have got loads from that and just loads from the whole chat. Actually, it's uh. Yeah. So great to hear from you, Zoe, and you've given us lots to think about. Wonder how many people are going to be pitching up in the gym for four hours now. <laughs> no guy will try me, me. Put it that way. No oh, guy will try me. Yeah. Okay, so I can't end today's episode, Zoe, without going through the quick fire question rounds. So yeah. I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions and I need you to answer them instinctively, okay? The first thing that comes into your head. Yeah, I know. I didn't prep you for this. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah, go on. Okay, cream of rice or protein oats? Oh, protein oats. Post-show meal of choice? Post-show meal. Oh, burger and chips. Yeah. Pump or stim pre-workout? Stim. High rep range or low rep range? High. Dips or Stairmaster? Dips. Is it a dip? Steps, walking. Oh, step. Oh, step. Sorry. That's my Scottish accent. <laughs> uh, free weights or machines? Oh, free weights. Are shows one from the front or one from the back? One from the back. <laughs> Off season or prep? Prep. Best part of show day? Oh, it's you guys. Oh yeah, I agree. That's my the end. The, the team meal. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. And favorite thing about being a natural bodybuilder? Well, I think. Oh, this is a hard one. That's this a hard, hard one. one. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, you, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. 
can't get my words out. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. If you're a beginner or you're a pro, I think the good thing about being a bodybuilder is that you can just work on your weaknesses yeah. to make you yourself look bigger and better. It's like, for example, when I was running cross country for the army, I'd always come in the top 10, but I'd never come first. But yeah. it's like, you could only run that pace. I could never run yeah. quicker. But with bodybuilding, you can always progress. Yes. I think, and you can always build on it. So I think that's a good thing about bodybuilding is that you might not be at the front at the beginning, but if you keep working on it, you will head that way. Yeah. 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 And you're always going to be a better version of you. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Zoe, for sitting down with me for this chat. And thank you to, and thank you to everyone listening at home. I know that you're all walking away with notes from this week. I know that I am. Um, so two weeks time, I'm going to be back for episode seven. And it's time to speak to the man that is Jack Thorburn, our 2022 WMBF UK men's open bid bodybuilding medium champion and fourth place WMBF Worlds 2022 middleweight bodybuilder. Jack's one of the largest and most open and honest personalities in the natural bodybuilding scene. And I'm really looking forward to recording this all in a few weeks time for you. So until episode seven, thank you again so much, Zoe. And thank you to everyone at home for listening. Have a great couple of weeks. This has been the WMBF UK podcast. Check out CNP, our sponsors, and sign up for our events at wmbfuk.com.